Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shells nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. Smegheads podcast us now. Merry Christmas, Smegheads. Happy holidays. My name is Jed Shepherd, and I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for joining us. At this time of year, this lovely Christmassy time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the it year, Jed. so I hear. Um, this episode is going out on Christmas Day. And um, hopefully, do you know Christmas Day is the day uh, where most people listen to podcasts? It's the, the biggest podcast listening day of the year. I did not know that. That's why this should be our most popular episode. It should be. Uh, especially... <laughs> If we have another song at the end, like we did last year. I know. Year. I know you're all tuning in to uh, see if we do another what song. will we song? do? We actually don't we know. We don't what know song. at this point. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but um, as you know, Daniela's voice can. It's amazing. Do, yeah. It can make it Christmas, basically. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a, a different episode. We're doing two of the Red Dwarf specials that happened on Red Dwarf Night. And that was uh, Universe Challenge and Can't Smeg, Won't Smeg. Watching these again. Yeah. I realised that I saw them originally the first time around. I watched Red Dwarf Nights, but I'd completely Good. forgotten about it. I don't know if I'd blocked it from my memory for trauma reasons, yeah. or, but I, I remember seeing it the first time around. It's like, because I got concussion a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes. And um, and I couldn't remember the actual incident. Okay. Um, but I can remember everything around it. And I was playing in goal and someone kicked me in the head and then I was out like a light. So this is like being kicked in the head. Yeah. yeah. Ainsley Harriet's face and general persona is like being kicked in the head with a football boot. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So I couldn't really, really remember much of what happened in these episodes until I watched the the, the pure joyful horror um, of Red Dwarf Night again. Um, what shall we start with then? Actually, how Let's are do you? Some admin. Let's do some for once. You want to do some admin? <laughs> some, some Christmas admin. What have you been up to in the couple um, of months we've been away? Yeah, well, I haven't had a holiday. Wow. I know. I know. It's a first Daniela, for me. It's, it's been a few weeks now. <laughs> I know. And you haven't had a holiday. I haven't had a holiday. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I have had my work Christmas party this okay. week. Okay. Yeah. And of course you did karaoke. Well, not there wasn't any karaoke. You just sang out loud. Um, but there was some entertainment. Okay. One, and I was the only person receptive to the poor lady that was trying to do the entertainment. So okay, she kept coming over to me and I was singing and dancing with her on the stage. Of course. Because we obviously. know that story about you at the wedding and the entire, yeah. you took over the wedding. It yeah. wasn't about the bride Well, and I kind of took over the uh, work Christmas party. I, I expect year. nothing. Like you did, you tried to take over a cantina. You hey, <laughs> you, have confidence. <laughs> you, okay. And how did it go down? You still um, got pretty, pretty well, yep. Still employed. Um, okay. And I was sitting next to my boss at the time. And Excellent. he he seemed to enjoy it. So he was laughing along with okay. everyone else at me or with me. But for care yeah. and the community, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And when are you going on holiday next, Daniela? Um, well, what do we class as a holiday? You, do I you mean, have to leave the country? Um, well, that's a staycation, right? Which is fine with me. 
as well? Because I'm going to Bath for New Year's Eve. Okay, that's cool. With some friends. And in January, I'm going to Euro Disney for the weekend. That's a holiday. Okay. Um, but then I've booked a trip to Vegas in April. Of course you have. Of course like, I yeah, have, yeah. yeah. You've been to Vegas like a million times, This will times, be my right? fifth time. Okay. <laughs> I've been like 14 times. Wow. So I can't really yeah. complain. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, did you know, Daniela, that um, I'm at Sundance next month? <gasps> I did know. Congratulations, yeah, Jed. Thanks very much. Uh, which is in the Utah mountains. I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. And then when you look into it, it's in the middle of nowhere, in the mountains, freezing, freezing cold. No idea how to kind of get there or anything, but uh, I'm going and a bunch of us are going from the film Dawn of the Deaf, which has won a bunch of awards, yeah. more awards since we last spoke. The, my knowledge of Sundance Film Festival comes from the Entourage episode that's okay, set there. Okay, I don't watch Entourage. So well, you should tell me what I should be you looking should, out You should for. watch just that episode. It's only 20 minutes. Okay. But I think it'll give you a pretty good idea of what to expect. <laughs> just, just tons of babes in like snow outfits. Uh, not quite. Okay. <laughs> I hear when people go, they just get ill because it's it's always cold. They're always lining yeah. up. Well, I guess from, if you're if you're climatized to it, it might not be so bad. But if you're going from here to LA to there, it's yeah. going to be like medium cold, hot, freezing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll see see how I feel. I'm going to be too busy being completely wasted. I think anyway. Okay. Um, But yeah, check out my Twitter if you want to see my adventures at Sundance with my film Dawn of the Death. Is there an official um, Dawn of the Death in Sundance hashtag? There should be. I think there should be. What should it be? Sundance of the Deaf or something? I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Actually, just popped in my head and hadn't really given me much thought. <laughs> you look like you had an aneurysm there. <laughs> Sorry. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, that, that'll be cool, I guess. It's going a bit too well for me. I don't know what's going on. Um, okay, so this is the second uh, Smokers Christmas special. It is. Uh, first time around, we did the US... Red Dwarf, which we is did. Garbage. A, a pile of, yeah, it's a trash yeah. fire. Yeah. This time around, it doesn't fare that much better. <laughs> no. Shall we start with the Universe Challenge? Yes, because I liked this more than Can't Smoke, Rose Meg. Okay, it's interesting because I, I, I really didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so let's start. So um, the, the, the great thing about Red Dwarf Night in general, um, and especially Universe Challenge, is it has an intro from Patrick Stewart. Yes. Um, he of uh, Captain Picard Star Trek fame. Um, is he a Red Dwarf fan? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah, There are quite a lot of famous uh, Red Dwarf fans, which I'll come on to um, in a minute. Um, but we, all, we also get the, the channel, the BBC2 Scutter's Ident, yes. which is great. They yes. should use that now. <laughs> uh, obviously they can't because no, they're still they on it. Have it. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was brilliant. Nice, really nice touch. And being yeah. a Red Dwarf fan when you were a kid and seeing an iconic thing like the BBC Ident morph into, into Scutter's, it's such a it's wonderful a clever, feeling. Clever idea. Yeah, because the two looks like scutters. It's great. Um, do you remember the? I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do it a lot. They used to change the the BBC Two logo to different things. Yeah, they do. They they did, um, and I think they still do. Um, well, especially BBC. I don't watch One. BBC Two anymore. I can't remember the last time I watched anything on BBC Two. Really? No. Can you? Uh, no, I don't really watch much on it either. No. Um, Everything good's on BBC One now. Yeah, as soon as it gets good, it goes to BBC One. Where it used to be the opposite. BBC Two used to have all the cool programs. Remember, X Files was on BBC Two. Twenty Four when it first started. Yeah. Uh, Now it's on uh, Sky Atlantic and Channel Five. Yeah. It's a bit of a come down for both Mm. those shows. Um, So we've got Chris Barry dressed like Paxman. Um, introducing the episode. So there's multiple introductions. First you get Patrick Stewart, then you get Chris Barry, dressed like Paxman. 
Um, and then Bamba Gascoigne appears. Oh my goodness! I forgot he existed. I had to Google him. I was like, <laughs> "Who is this lunatic who has clearly is. just turned up to the studio and seen these questions for the first time? Has no idea who any of these people are." Yes. I was like, "What is going on?" I mean, he even admitted he, he doesn't even look up from his card. He's just, he's just tunnel vision. Um, so he blows up, ba- he blows up Paxman or Chris Barry as Paxman with a bazookoid, mm. which is a nice touch mm. and a bit of a like hell yeah to, to the little kid inside you um, when you're watching uh, this back. And uh, the, to make this episode even more kind of 90s sci-fi, uh, they're all sitting in front of really bad green screen um, and you see um, like space fly yeah. behind them and stuff. I didn't mind that. Oh no, it's great. Yeah. I mean, but it does look a little bit like uh, someone giving a review of uh, The Force Awakens on YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and we so all of the all of the stars of Red Dwarf are here, of course. And you've got uh, Danny John Jules wearing uh, a big yellow puffer and an Area Fifty One cap. I guess that was cool back then. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that was the first sign of him going mental. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm under the belief that he has uh, lost the plot quite uh, strongly on Twitter. Um, um, no comment. <laughs> why, not? why won't you comment? He has really lost the plot. He picks fault with everything. He has a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> what well, he shouldn't um, do. He does a few TV shows. Yeah. He's obviously very engaged with the Twitter community. He is. Like, like he wants to fight everyone. Yeah. Like he can't say hello very, to him. Very a- angry person. Very yes. angry, which is the kind of opposite of Cat. What you'd imagine him to be like, yes. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really do a lot in this No, episode, so it's like it? a normal it's episode basi- of Red Dwarf. It's basically Craig Charles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did like that their uh, mascot is Mr. Flibble. Which is great. It yeah. sits in front of yeah. uh, Chris Barry. Um, and then we've got, uh, yeah, so Craig Charles is there dressed. It's dressed like he was in that show's, remember Cyberzone? Is it called Cyberzone? When he was like in the 90s, when everyone thought virtual reality was going to take off then. And it's only really taken off now. He had a show called Cyberzone. I don't remember this. Where it was him. It was a bit like, think of uh, Robot Wars. Yeah. But but um, that kind of like techno 90s thing, but with two groups of kids in virtual reality. So um, they have a VR helmet and they go around collecting things and running no, away from polygons. I never saw polygons. this. No. Um, and he had like uh, catchphrases like a wooga, a wooga. Yeah, it, it wasn't that great. But uh, that's how he's dressed. He was dressed like a 90s kind of how he did when he was uh, presenting like Robot Wars or Cyberzone. Um, and then you've got the lovely. Chloe Annette. See, I always used to call her Annette, but it's it's Arnett. Arnett. Yes. And that's how you would usually pronounce it if it had an R in it. Uh, so it's Chloe, it's Chloe Arnett, not Chloe Annette. Mm. Um, though Craig Charles do- does call her Chloe Annette. Um, so me and me and Craig. Are I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. Again, I, I'm not a fan of Chloe Annette. Anything she does, anything no, she's in, no, just I'm not makes a it weaker. Fan either. And yeah. she again, she didn't take part much in this series of pots and squealing when she saw a picture or video of herself yeah i mean she was a better actress than claire grogan but claire but claire grogan is kachansky so if you can get her back just don't Mm. recast her i think um so uh the first thing you might notice about uh the fans the red dwarf team yes 
they're the least photogenic people I've ever seen on TV. And do you notice that, uh, that in the beginning when they, they're asking for their name, one of them actually has to look down and read her name off a piece of paper. She oh, really? can't remember her name. <laughs> Wh- which one's that? Um, I think it was the one from Essex. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> livid to say. Because I'm a big fan of Pip Swallow. Not just her face, uh, her mannerisms, which are kind of like she's um, having a... Uh, permanent fit but her name is Pip Swallow <laughs> I know that's um, the most upper class uh, name no, you can think it's, of yeah but it's also like just pornographic yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was, I was aiming to <laughs> but like I was thinking I don't pay my licence fee to watch these kind of people on TV I want escapism I want things to lift me from the norm it's a shame they couldn't have gotten some celebrity fans yeah I think they missed a bit of a trick there because they've got tons of celebrity fans if I wanted to watch like four people uh, ordinary people I would just call my friends and as well I hang on I hope you're not, talking, you're not including me in that um, but also, I thought that it was it was taking itself a little bit too seriously. I assumed it would be the pro- a program where everyone would like make a joke, have a laugh, but people actually just sitting there trying to get the answers to the questions. Yeah, and of course, the fans are going to be better than the people yeah. that were in it because the people that are in it they move past the episodes. They don't they don't uh, dissect each episode. No. watch them multiple no. times. They're in it. They might watch it when it's first fair broadcast but they never have to watch it again. i had no clue with the majority of the answers I, i'm not surprised no. i no. mean a lot of them were, were kind of common sense yeah i was okay with the picture ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm um, all right with a visual aid um so uh, some of the questions um, as you as you said um which were set by doug naylor i read at the yeah. end yeah well he think he di- i know it was di- he um produced it and it was directed by ed by who directs uh, a lot of the red dwarf uh, episodes um but the question about who isn't known as a Red Dwarf fan. Um, and you've got um, Bill Clinton, Oasis, Madonna and Denise Van Outen. And the answer who isn't a Red Dwarf fan was Denise Van Outen. I know. So that means uh, Bill Clinton, Oasis and Madonna are Red Dwarf fans. I want to know what they're basing this on. Just pie in the sky, really. Do you yeah. think Madonna's ever come out and said, um, I love Red Dwarf? No. Yeah. Or Bill Clinton? No. I yeah. I have no idea where they got this But this must be based on some... I think this is Doug Naylor's dreams, he thinks. Maybe. Well, this feels like one of his kind of like, (laughs) I don't know, mushroom dreams. Um, But yeah, okay, if that's true, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They got Patrick Stewart too. Maybe they're listening to our podcast. Shout out to Madonna. Oh, I love Madonna. I hope she is. Really do hope she is. Uh, But she wouldn't really be into podcasts because she's really old. Old people don't really listen to podcasts, do they? Well, my parents listen to it. They're not old. They're youthful at heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, so we also get to see some great things like baby photos. This, in, in fact, 50% of this episode is just an excuse to show baby photos. Yes, yes. Which always goes down a treat. So we get to see uh, Craig Charles as a baby. Yeah. I really enjoyed, out of the visual aids, I really enjoyed the video of Robert Llewellyn dancing oh, dancing yeah with his, his yeah, frost in his hips i i thought that was good yeah that that was probably me my favorite moment from each of these uh, these episodes yeah he was <laughs> it was, in a, was it a play called like macho man or something and yes, he was doing all these weird like yeah. pretentious kind of drama school footlights yeah he had amazing hair and, he did yeah um, he was very svelte as well because I know you like to uh, keep an eye on on his uh, yeah on his weight. Weight watchers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean the whole the whole thing was just unusual. We see Danny when he was young in Scum, which is great. 
with yeah. uh, Ray Winston, but, I family mean, friend of th- mine, this Ray is Winston. A, this is another reason why I disliked Bamba Gascoigne. I mean, he thought that one You've of the... You've got it in for Bamba He thought that the, the picture of a white baby was Craig Childs. I mean, seriously. And Craig's like, I don't think that is me. Well, it was, was it black and white? Yeah, but you could tell it was a yeah, white baby. But he's quite light skinned. But yeah, there's no way you could have no, thought that was. No, I uh, think, yeah. Craig Charles, it was just. But yeah, you think you'd edit that out? Yes. I don't know. But I guess he was and just. And he just asked. didn't seem apologetic about anything. He, he honestly. I'm really, really critical of it. And this this was the better of the two episodes, in my opinion. I don't think so, but keep going. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, he's just like, oh, well, never mind, moving on. He just didn't care. Do you think. How do you think this was pitched to him? Because he was, it was, I think it was his time uh, doing um, a uni- university challenge. Well, he'd left, obviously, a long so time pa- so ago. So Paxman had taken over by yes, this point? Yes, yes. Okay, That's right. why they did that whole joke at the beginning. Ah, so obviously Paxman didn't want to do it. Yes. Uh, and Bamba Gascoigne is a funnier name. And probably Bamba Gascoigne was just told, you know, oh, we've got this really popular sci-fi TV show. We're doing a yeah. whole night of it. Why don't you come along, hear some dosh? And he was like, yeah, okay. Just rocked up. Yeah. And, he was, and they were like, do you want to see the question in advance? No, no, no I'll be fine. No. I'll be cool. Um... And yeah, he does get it wrong all the time. Yeah. Uh, he, um, uh, some of the other things that, that came out of this was we saw uh, Chris Barry in the David Essex showcase. Yes. Um, and his joke was pure, pure garbage. Yeah, it really wasn't bad. good. I'd be embarrassed. And they asked, if, do you think that was, was good? And, and he said, yeah, that was all right. No, it wasn't. It was, it was, no. it was terrible. Um, we saw uh, Craig Charles uh, doing his poetry thing, which he used to do in the 80s, which actually his poetry was really good. He, he appeared on multiple shows, Wogan, doing his poetry. And this was him in 1983 um, uh, doing uh, at the Riverside or something doing poetry and i'm surprised they didn't develop um poetry into into red dwarf it was it's such um, i'm not well it's it's such a thing about craig charles like it, he that's how we got kind of got discovered doing poetry oh, at live he? gigs okay. and then started doing it on tv on the british version of saturday night live um and or friday night live whatever it was called um and yeah and then he auditioned for red dwarf so you'd think at some point there would be some poetry in red dwarf no, no. um so yeah, so obviously the uh, fans are always going to win this. Yes. Uh, but it was a slight win. It was only 295 yeah, to it was, 280. it was quite tight, in it? But yeah. Would do you think if me and you yes. went on the show, we yes. could not not beat the fans because there's four of them and, and one of them was the former head of the fan club and, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. All of these these four people are, because are, they go on the Red Wolf forums, they go on multiple Red Wolf website. All of these people are gone. None of these people like Red Wolf anymore. They're not, Right. Um, members of the are forum. they still alive? This is why. Th- this is why I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, it, it might be like the Running Man, where you appear on the TV show and then you're actually you actually die when you win. Okay. So yeah, so w- these people were never seen again, um, but they won, and uh, I would like to see Pip Swallow make a comeback. Okay. Um, is Pip Swallow on Twitter? I don't know. We should check. <laughs> we should really, really check. But I think this was out of all the TV shows you could have parodied or made a Red Wolf version of. I'm not sure Universe Challenge. Do you think they came up with the name first? Probably. Because I think like, what's space related and on channel yeah. and on BBC Two? Or yeah, or just the BBC in general. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, maybe the pun was all right for five minutes down the pub, but I don't think it tra- translated very well. Um, the cast looked absolutely baffled. Mm. Um, as you said, Chloe and Net just might as well have been just uh, just not there. Snowman or something. Yeah. Um, 
So out of the whole Red Dwarf night, this was the weakest part. I mean, they did some uh, a bunch of smeg up things as well, coming on to uh, can't smeg, won't smeg, um, and there were some other interviews and things. See, because I didn't know the answer to a lot of questions, there was some sort of interest for me. Okay, a learning experience. Yes, yeah, exactly. Do you think the popularity of, of a new Red Dwarf um, is decent, especially for Dave. It's like the mm. highest rated TV show. Do you think there could be such a thing as Red Dwarf Night again? No. Obviously not on the BBC, but do you think Dave would even bother? No, I don't think so. It wouldn't get the no. same amount of traction. Um, and they definitely wouldn't be able to get Patrick Stewart. They'd get, I don't know, Miranda or something. Um, <laughs> to do, I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say on, on Universe yeah, Challenge. I, don't, I mean, I feel like I've said all that I needed to. Yeah, I did like the way Craig Charles, w- he was trying to kind of like G up the rest of them. I mean, um, most of them didn't do anything besides Craig Charles, as you said. Mm. And he was like just kind of playing up to the cameras. He was like swearing at the other team and as sticking his fingers up at me. Yeah, but at least he was engaging. Yeah, and I've noticed even when we went to see them live, he was doing, he was the one who was mostly yes. doing that as well. Yes. So it's good that in, in all these so years... Obviously got a lot of energy and enthusiasm still yeah he still appreciates the fact that um the audience have come there to, to see these characters and yeah. he's playing up to it which, which is which is great yeah uh, well so done I, craig charles yeah craig charles is really really the winner of that game um yeah that's really all we have to say about yeah. that shall we move on to can't smeg won't smeg? unfortunately yes it to me i could watch this out of all the red wolf night stuff this i could watch this again I could not make it to the end. I wanted to scratch my eyes out. Well, that's fine because I'll tell you what happens at the end. Um, but for me, this was um, the right side of surreal and derivative of of the actual TV show because at least they they made an effort. This was uh, directed by Abai again and written by um, Doug Naylor, um, and obviously it's a play on the very, very, very strangely popular show from the nineties, Can't Cook, Won't Cook, which I used to watch with yeah, my mum because everyone did. Yeah. For some reason, that that was like in the zeitgeist that took took the UK by storm. Kind of its days. Um, um, Great British Bake Off. Are you going to do a pin of Can't Cook, like <laughs> of Ainsley? Yeah, I might do of Ainsley on Red Dwarf Night. <laughs> Just being an absolute like weirdo perv man. Oh my gosh, he's uh, he's a mess. Yeah. He's a mess of a oh, man. Oh, and the way he's trying to act in this episode. Oh. Okay, let me ask you a question. Being uh, the the female side of uh, yes. Jed and Daniela. Do you find Ainsley Harriet attractive? No. He's well, okay. He is not a bad-looking guy. I've met I've met Ainsley Harriet. Okay, well, okay. Well, let's forget this show. Let's start with that story. Okay, it's what not happens? it's not a big story. Okay. Um, I went to Good Food Live. Good Food Live. Okay. At Earl's Court. What are you doing, Daniela? Why are you going to things like that? Hang on. Okay. This was when I was a lot younger, and my my mum wanted to go. Okay. So okay. it was a fam- family trip day out. Yes. There's lots of free food, so that was quite good. Okay, I'm in. I'm, we I'm saw sold. Ready ca- Ready City Cook Live. Okay. Yep. I'm in. And then um, afterwards, Ainsley was doing a sort of meet and greet. Of course he yep. was. What, in the car park? No, no, in a little table off Covered to the in side. Vaseline in the car park. My mum couldn't be bothered to wait. Right, okay. So my dad and I waited because um, I wanted to meet Ainsley Harriet. Okay. How old, how old were you again? About 11, 12. 11 12 okay maybe this okay. this is this has gone this is going real weird but okay 
11, 12. Most girls at that age would want to see, I don't know, um, like a pop star, like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> would want to see, I don't know, like stars of the or friends of the favourite TV show or something. Uh, Rick Astley. You wanted to see Ainsley Harriet. I wanted to meet Ainsley Harriet. Why? What was it about Can't Cook, Won't Cook? That well, he was a ce- he was a celebrity. He was a big me. celebrity. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it was a very popular TV show. He yeah. was the famous chef. Yeah. So you know, remember, I was young, so I wasn't allowed to watch like any sort of Gordon Ramsay shows or anything like that. Okay. With mul- you know multiple bad words. Yeah. And, and if people didn't watch TV back then, or too young, or too old. Ainsley Harriet was probably the biggest BBC star around at the time. He was as big as you got, really. He appeared on multiple other TV shows, like uh, as guests. He was on all the talk shows. Yeah, so he was a big star. So yeah, yeah he I was like the equivalent of the cooking version of Mr. Blobby. Like he, everyone loved him. He appeared and just kind of. I've met everything. Mr. Blobby as well. Okay, we'll come on to that in just <laughs> that's a second. Another story. <laughs> this is becoming a great show. Okay, <laughs> so okay, so you met Ainsley Harriet in the car park. No, so it was a little table off to the side. Okay, was this a fi- an official table? It was, was an it official table. Right. Okay, I think I, I think or? I no, okay. I think I queued for maybe 10 15 minutes. Okay. And I was one of the last people to, oh, of to meet you were, him. Yeah, to make it even more strange yeah. and eerie. Yeah. And so I was with my dad. I can't remember our exact um what interchange. Was Ainsley, what was Ainsley wearing? Was uh, he wearing the chef's hat or was he No, I don't the waist? I don't think he was. He was fully clothed. Okay. As far as I remember, but uh-huh. I don't think he was wearing the chef's hat. Okay. Um, so I, I think I said something to him. I can't remember what he said. He gave me a kiss on the cheek. Of course he did. Of co- because yep. that, yeah, of course he did. 11 year And old then girl I left. So what did you, you must have said, I, I love your show. I, I, I honestly can't remember. Again, this I is mean, like this my is, con- con- concussion twen- thing. This is over 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this so is, this like, is 20, like a traumatic 23, event. 23, 24 years ago. This is a traumatic event where you blocked it out <laughs> of your memory because something happened. I'll, I'll ask my parents. It, something happened which ended in him kissing you. On the cheek. I on asked my cheek. dad. I can't remember what it what He's it was. He's blocked out of his memory as well. Um, okay. Yeah. So. So you so you, sn- so you snogged Ainsley <laughs> Harriet when you were eleven. Okay, that's great. I don't think I'm his type, Jed. Okay, just before we. <laughs> Danielle's like rolling in her eyes. What do you mean? <laughs> no comment. Oh, what, really? Yeah. Is that for, for real? Yeah. No. I think so. Yeah. No. Yeah, I've had a story. <laughs> no, I'm not not talking about on Tell here. Tell me the story. No, off off podcast. Okay. Um, so in, a, in in another episode of Smegheads, we're going to regress Daniela back to her childhood. <laughs> we're going to get a hypnotist in. And Can see we really, really do happens. that? That'd be hilarious. Yeah, because I, I know someone who could actually do that. I've so. always wanted to be hypnotised. Really? Yeah. Okay. Every time I go to Darren Brown at the end, they every always... Time, th- how can, every time... How many times do you go to Darren I've Brown? I've seen him about five times. Okay. Um, you're a magician right you don't need to go to anyone else <laughs> but can, at the end okay. they always say if you want to be hypnotised follow along and I'm, it's nev- I'm never susceptible to it I never go under okay you, ne- you never do no well that's, that's quite good though I want to <laughs> you need to let, let your mind let your mind go yeah um, I'm a bit too much of a control freak yeah and I think it's because think. you want to so much that's that's, that's all I'm thinking about yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. interesting um, anyway passion <laughs> so <yeah>. on <laughs> <laughs> so here for can't smeg won't smeg the highlight for me of uh, Red Dwarf Night uh, you get another intro from Patrick Stewart in, in fact can't smeg won't smeg was the first show on I think um and you get a really unusual stock footage montage uh, of various different spacey things with the Red Dwarf logos pasted on it. Uh, it's real weird. Um, 
and it's basically showing celebrations around the world, like people cheering. Um, I, I guess fake celebrating Red Dwarf. You get you get like crowds in like North Korea all cheering, and and, and it's got a Red Dwarf logo up in the sky. It's just it's just a bizarre choice um, from um, Ed By there. And then you get the titles um, mixed with cutlery flying over what looks like a barren kind of meteor moon, um, and then you get uh, can't smeg won't smeg. Um, appears and all of this is just it's just like further um, inciting me to go hell yeah this is the greatest cookery show I've ever seen um, and I watch a lot of cookery shows then the man in question um, Daniela's former uh, kiss partner Ainsley Harriet beams into the studio um, and and it's not like a red dwarf beam it's like a Star Trek beam into the studio which is it looks like kind of like they're on um, a space station deck or something it looks like they're on red dwarf yeah it's yeah. all shadowy and green and um yeah it's meant to look like starbug or, or red dwarf you're right and then uh we get to see uh, the, the first kind of glimpse of of ainsley just being a, a nutcase and he introduces um his little cameo in in red dwarf yes which i didn't know about yeah he he, he plays a, a girl in polymorph too um we're doing that we're doing that next series okay. of smokeheads so that'd be great um and then that's the, the perfect time for us to talk more about Izzy harriet <laughs> or invite him in as a guest yeah yeah and, t- <laughs> and tell us the scandalous kind of uh hot take you've got on him <laughs> um, we should get Ainsley on he'll do it what, uh, what does he do now has he been on i'm a celebrity I feel like he. I feel like he's must have had a scandal or something. That's why he's not on TV anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If it was out for him or Bamba Gascoigne, I would probably think Bamba's probably got more in trouble over the years than than Ainsley. Um, <laughs> that's my because Daniel's like, don't go any further. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it kind of dawned on me uh, during uh, Ainsley's intro, which kind of involved a bunch of um, references to, to Red Dwarf, that he's never seen Red Dwarf. Ever. Oh yeah. A bit like Bamba. Yeah. He's been in Red Dwarf, but he's never seen Red no, Dwarf. No, no. He, 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 the way he kind of says all the Red Dwarf references are like these are the first time they've ever entered his, oh, his yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because he trips all over his lines, and it's just, it's just a real cringe watch. Um, and he's acting like a teacher, and they're naughty school children. Oh, and it's throughout just, the whole thing. Oh, it's, it's just, so bad, so bad. But this is kind of, I mean, this is his act. This is kind of what he does in the normal can't cook, won't cook. But not to this extreme. Yeah, he's he's quite um, scary and aggressive, isn't he? Yeah, he's losing the plot yeah. a bit. And I was thinking, sorry, Ainsley, but it's true. Uh, yeah, I was also thinking, for some reason, it popped into my mind, what would it be like to be in a relationship with Ainsley Harriet? <laughs> because he was acting to all of them. Like he, he, he was like the a, dominant Yeah, one. he was like a scorned lover or something. Like, <laughs> do that, just do that. Rah, rah, rah. I was like, maybe, maybe he'd recently gone through a bad breakup. There were a lot of emotions inside of him. And yeah. this was a way for him to sort of exercise them. Yeah. And may, may, maybe like they, he, they, they said to him, like, you, you've been in Red Dwarf. So you're a Red Dwarf expert. Let's do a Red Dwarf version of Can't Smeg, Won't Smeg. And uh, because he was in, in in a bad place, like he, he'd obviously like accidentally killed someone while making love to them or something. That's the impression I get. <laughs> he's in a mood and he's brought that onto set. And you're not meant to bring that no, kind of baggage. No, you need to leave it at k- the Killing door. your lover. Don't bring that no. baggage onto set, which, no. he, which he did. Um, what, if he, what if he had just killed that person like 
but recently and they're actually cooking that person well daniela it's great that you're you've started to come around to my way of thinking <laughs> it's great we spent all the time together and now you're thinking like me because that's what i was thinking oh amazing um and that's exactly what he would do i he think would... so maybe that's why he was so into the meal being prepared correctly yeah. and as fast as possible yes to hide to, uh, the, the evidence. evidence yeah yeah um he is the the, the he's probably he's, he has the vibe of a serial killer sex crime yeah a sex crime gone wrong um and the, i mean they're all, <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be sued aren't we no we're not it's fine because itunes don't check every episode they only check Amazing. the first one so it's fine <laughs> then they, he invites the the crew of red dwarf and this is why it's much better than universe challenge because they're in character they're not the kind of like dodgy kind of actors kind of cringeworthy actors they are in character as their Red Dwarf characters. And this is what makes this special. Because this is like a lost episode of Red Dwarf. Okay. Um, so if I, I agree to with you up to a point. If Ainsley Harriet wasn't in this episode, then it would have been the better episode for me. But Ainsley Harriet just completely ruined he it for me. He could have been like frozen and they and they thawed him out. Or he could have been a droid, Ainsley droid. But yeah, I guess right now he is just a, a serial killer. Uh, on television he gets the uh he introduces Crichton uh, who comes out in full costume um and introduces Lester but he proceeds to make me almost hate Red Dwarf forever um yep. these two because the banter between Crichton and and Lister here is awful is the worst awful it was like a script found at the bottom of uh, like a cesspit or something. Yeah. And there's a whole thing about Ainsley Harriet's initials being A-H, which is like arsehole. Yeah. And who wrote this? Well, I, we I, know. I don't, I it was Doug Naylor. We could have written a better yeah. episode. It was, I mean, for sure. I mean, it was at this point Naylor... that my, my finger was hovering over the stop button on my remote. Yeah. It, it, well... it sort of moved there and. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely could write a better episode. Yeah, because it's Doug nearly at Sundance this year. <laughs> just just double checking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you were there. I'm calling you. You were there. Calling you. I could write a great episode of Red Dwarf. Um, this is all for me uh, eventually writing an episode of Red Dwarf, even though they would never let me because he's a control freak and and Doug wants to write every single episode. Um, maybe he needs to watch it, this back. What uh, this episode back? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think he knows this is a bit <laughs> of fun. I mean, there's some great writing oh in, in... Maybe we're being overcritical. I mean, are there some people out there that love this? I mean, no. no. Okay, good. No. Okay, good. I, mean, I think some people appreciate Can't Smeg, Won't Smeg for the fact it is a bit like a lost episode of Red Dwarf and there are elements where which kind of could fit in the Red Dwarf canon, See, I guess. See, I used to be the kind of person that if I liked something, I couldn't get enough of it. So yeah. even if it was bad, I was just glad that there was a special producing something but now i think that i'm getting older i'm kind of more let let it be i don't want to see things see. revised or new if it's not going to be up to the quality that it was well this is what people the argument people have about the the recent, most recent x-files series and yeah oh yeah i hated the last series of x-files yeah well I, I thought some episodes were good um 
Mulder yes. trying to meet the were monster. The yes, that that was the only good episode. I think it was a great episode. Um, and then there's the new Twin Peaks coming out. And I'm very excited about that, but yeah. a bit hesitant. I mean, I'm a massive Gilmore Girls fan. I've never even and watched one episode. they just they just brought it back for four 90 minute specials, and I didn't like them. And really? I was really disappointed. I was like, I wish they just left it as it was. Is mm. it is it worth me watching the whole thing? Mm. Like as in the the Gilmore series, Girls? the Gil- yeah. Gilmore Girls series. Yeah, okay. I'd watch it's good okay cool um I, I will try to do that once i get through a billion other tv shows yeah. i'm meant to be watching um and so we can, well, so we can do our gilmore girls podcast you mean <sighs> could do <laughs> I, I feel like there's already gilmore it, girls. there would be a a, a different role reversal on that one i think do you think because yeah. it's all girls rather than no uh, i mean i think i would know a lot more <laughs> no but when i start watching the show i go deep I'll like, uh, deep. yeah <laughs> So I will very quickly like learn everything. So yeah, so this um, the, the the jokes between Crichton and and and, and Lister are just so so bad, such bad writing. Uh, shame on you, Doug Naylor. In fact, um, and then shame. you get Ainsley Harriet silently, and this is the most one of the most well, I'll say one of the most creepiest things. I was going to say this is really creepy. Of creepy things, he takes a meat cleaver, uh, yeah. like an electric meat carver. And he cuts off the long pipe that was, for some reason, attached to Crichton's groin. Yes. Um, like he is cutting off Crichton's penis, basically. Yes. And I just think, what am I watching? Because Maybe he's recreating the crime. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. what he did. Yeah. He's, he's so confident <laughs> in the fact that he'll never be caught. He's, he's like maybe he's Maybe he's just on some sort of loop. Yeah. He's just, uh, you know, like Groundhog Day, but yeah. this, this murder. Or so he's, he's gone insane and he's just replaying it exactly. over and over again. So he cuts off this big, long uh, tube that's um, effectively Crichton's penis. Mm. Um, and if you notice, the, the audience is silent. Yeah. So it feels like this has been added in or something, or I don't know. Or the audience No, I think just the audience is just sitting there thinking, what on earth are we watching? Yeah, what did I sign up for? I want to can't cook one Can trick. I leave the building, please? Yeah, and but he won't let them. This is the thing. No, they're locked in. Yeah. Just in case they figure out that he's that he's killed his lover, based on all the clues that he's given, he see they're there for the long haul, yeah, till the end at least. Um, and Rimmer turns up and he refuses to shake um, Ainsley's hand, yeah, which um, which is quite unusual for a number of reasons. One, because Rimmer usually in the character of Rimmer, he usually respects authority, and Ainsley is the authority person here. Mm. Uh, but then it makes me think, is Rimmer onto him? Does Rimmer know the kind of dirty deeds that Ainsley's done behind the scenes? Yeah, he's obviously found some sort of clue that's in alerted the, him to his behaviour. Yeah. in the, Rimmer, Chris Barry was in the green room just before yes. and he found a penis in his drink. Or, mm, no. Or he must have ever heard something. Maybe he was in an adjacent room or... Yeah, I could know. just hear the, the pounding... <laughs> <laughs> um, from from a hammer. Oh right, yeah. From like you know, because he's beating the me- be- <laughs> <laughs> he's beating the knee. <laughs> he's beating the knee. <laughs> to tenderize knee. it. Oh my to goodness! This is, this is having an R rated. I've now. turned into Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> so like he, yeah. So um, and then there's a harvester joke, which is I mean that is on on trend for Red Dwarf, I guess. Um, and then Rimmer introduces Cat, and again, Cat is almost like a no one. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kachansky is then introduced. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is a cooking show. What will they do with Kachansky? Yes. The answer is nothing. No. They make her. They make her uh, the taster. And it, I, 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 and I was normal? really offended by this actually <laughs> because I thought like, okay, she's 
of the woman, so yeah. she's not competent. So let's just put the pretty woman over to the side and she can be the taster. Yeah. Um, I agree with, with both points. She's a woman and uh, she's pretty. Um, but yeah, I guess the audience don't really want to see Kachansky as one of the main No, because nobody really likes her. No one, no. yeah. If someone tells me that Kachansky is one of their favourite characters, then they're lying. And then I, I automatically think it's Claire Grogan they're talking about. Yeah. So she stands off to one side, out of frame, and, event, and, and now and again, they cut to her face kind of gurning because uh, at some point she's going to have to eat taste this. I can't remember. In Can't Cook, Won't Cook, is mm. there normally a taster? No. So they invented this just to give her something to do? Yes. Okay. I think it, cause, because there's no, the, the audience hold up whether a green pepper or red tomato That's wins. That's right, yeah. So they're That's going, right. I think they're going based on the look and the, the comedy value yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know what the decision process is. So this has already deviated from the uh, format of a show. Yeah. Which is um, unforgivable, unforgivable, really. Um, yeah, at least university universal challenge like kept to the, to, yeah, format, to the format. Yeah, but she comes on, and nothing. I just remember that she does. She talks about her bum being massive, so she immediately comes on. And oh, I know. This, it's just like oh, yeah. so cringeworthy. I know. Can I mean it's well known that um, female characters in Red Dwarf, first of all, they're underrepresented, uh, and when they are represented, they're not very well written. And this is just. The tip of the iceberg and the cherry on the cake also. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a number of different things. But she talks about her bum being massive and, oh, and being no. that she has to eat celery because her bum's I big. absolutely hated this moment and I threw a cushion across the room and <laughs> I switched it off. And that was the end of me watching Can't Smeg Wake Smeg okay, so because I was so appalled by this scene i just could not go on did you did you manage to get to the bit where lister stares at her bum um, and then she hits him with a frying pan yes okay because yeah i mean this is just really bad oh, I mean, <laughs> it's the most anti-feminist thing i've ever seen i'm not like a you know i'm just a normal feminism i just believe in you know, equal rights you know don't bang on about it but we're this... losing we're losing listeners here sorry guys sorry guys <laughs> um but this i was listening to it and i just thought this is setting back women's rights for another 10 years. But to be fair, she did have a big bum. She's just playing up. So One, she doesn't have a big bum. And two, bum, she's right. like, oh, look at me. I have to eat celery. You know, there's people out there with eating disorders, woman. Exactly. What are you talking about? There are, there are sci-fi geeks oh. out there who now have eating disorders because of that scene. Oh, gosh. Um, I thought it was awful. And I don't know why she said that if somebody said to me that i had to say that there was no way that i would i mean I would it's do that like, scene what, no way chloe annette i, I don't know annette. which which but chloe annette i don't know which bit to, to pronounce chloe annette she um uh she hasn't done much before red dwarf so this is this feels to me like this is she, she can't help herself because she either does this or she's out of red dwarf because everyone else is joining in um, even if it demeans her, and she probably didn't have enough kind of power, like in 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 the industry, to kind of to say no to it, really. I but I mean, how can you look yourself in the mirror after? Especially if doing you've got a big scene. bum. Exactly. She doesn't fit in the mirror like she has. She needs oh, to eat some celery, goodness. guys. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is this is when I checked out of Can't okay. Smeg Won't Smeg after so this scene. I could not watch it. So anymore. this is just going to be a monologue now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is what this is what happens. Oh, it's really good that you turned off because I felt like turning off at this bit as well, because 
for some reason, and it doesn't make any sense, uh, Kat says he doesn't want to be on Rimmer's team anymore. Uh, well, actually, don't want, do you know what? He, he does do that in, in The Real Red Dwarf. And he says, you better get yourself some major dork, which is a perfect on-point cat impression. You better get yourself a major dork. Then a hatch opens. Right. And Dwayne Dibley appears. Okay. And this is what I mean about Dwayne. I hate Dwayne Dibley. Yeah. The, this, I mean, it, it was at it was Pig Dibley at this point. He was on the he was on um, all over the magazines. He was on all the t-shirts, um, and he appears with his packed lunch and flask. And I just sort of thought to myself, "Kill me now." This is so embarrassing. Just just kill me now. Yeah. And because I, I, I was too busy watching, I couldn't Google how to commit suicide in the most painless way possible. I continued to watch, and yeah, it was as bad as you as, as you might think. The only thing I googled throughout this whole two episodes was who is Bamba Gascoigne because I I'd never heard of him and just basically okay. found out that he used to host university challenge and recently yeah. inherited a 10 million pound estate from a uh, rich he? relative that he never knew he had nice that's what he's yeah. up to now he doesn't need yeah. to be on tv yeah no okay here, here, just a pop quiz i thought of what other tv show did bamba gascoigne uh play uh bamba gascoigne hosting university challenge Another BBC Two I'm considering I had to sitcom. Google to find out who he was. I've no idea. The Young Ones. I don't know what The Young Ones is. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what The Young Ones is. You don't know what The Young Ones is? No, what is it? Uh, you, just one of the best uh, British TV shows of all time. The Young Ones. Um, no, I don't know. With Rick Mayle, Aid Edmondson. Oh, yeah. Like Sounds familiar. Flat. I've Sounds never familiar. saw Why it. Why haven't you seen this? No, I haven't it's seen so it. good, Daniel. I'm sorry, Jed. Once in every lifetime. I've no idea what... Comes a love like this. No. Okay, that's the theme song. No. Um, so yeah, there's an episode <laughs> they go on to University Challenge okay. and they play um, Emma, Emma Thompson and uh, Stephen Fry and all those guys at University Challenge. It's great. Back on to uh, Smake as a Red Dwarf podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, so yeah, so um, Ainsley is being his typical self and uh, just everything he does is filled with uh, multiple... Darkness. Darkness and multiple innuendos. Um, but he brings out um, Red Dwarf kind of Based food, uh, so, so space weevils, um, an ear, which you'll see, I think, in series six, and but another stuff. The and ear from his dead lover. Yeah. Okay, you remember that then? Okay, cool. Back <laughs> back to our our, our long uh, plot here. So we see Ainsley at this point goes absolutely bloody mental, um, and he says they will cook what he what he wants. Um, he shows a plate of food, um, to, and. To kind of indicate this is what they have they have to yeah. cook doesn't explain at all what the ingredients on the plate are or what the food right. is he kind of shows it and then puts it down and then we never i don't know who edited this did stevie wonder edit this part of the show or something we never see that plate of food again i mean half of the fun of can't cook won't cook is seeing who comes as the guest and what they've got in their plastic bag and trying to come up with something to cook yeah. that, that doesn't that happen. doesn't happen that does so this happen. isn't can't cook won't cook it's basically Ainsley harriet Go mental on Red Wolf. Yeah, basically. And so I was thinking, what what are they going to cook then? But then I kind of, you kind of in, intimate that they're going to cook curry, basically. So Ainsley makes them kind of grind their their groins around and do like a funny kind of like oh, groin yeah, dance. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Um, while he's adding spices to the basmati rice and he's saying, come on, grind, people, grind. <laughs> and, it's, and it is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And but you enjoyed this episode. I did enjoy this episode <laughs> just because it's obviously just surreal. 
And I reckon this is one of the things that you've bugged out of your mind. Oh, yeah. At, at the uh, Good Food Show in right. 1990, okay. whatever. Uh, <laughs> him shaking his groin around. Um, <laughs> and then it keeps cutting to Kachansky, looking like a right lemon off to the side, trying to smile. And she's essentially just, just basically a prop. There yeah. are a few props there. There's like the cutlery, the pants, and there's Kachansky yeah. just being a... Why, quite ironically a vegetable and, and another thing that um again you've missed this but this is the thing he actually says he okay. says oh a little bit of tossing we like a little bit of that Aww. ainsley what are you no, doing put it away i know i think this was part of the, the watershed but still i don't want this anywhere near food no um and then there's this whole thing and it happens multiple times during this episode where Dwayne Dibley starts cutting vegetables and he starts cutting it really fast and then they kind of fast forward it and they make him it look like he's cutting stuff really fast I'm like that's not a, that's not a thing that's not a thing that Dwayne Dibley does in any other Ma- episode Master Chef Dwayne Dibley yeah he doesn't like Sous cut chef. things really fast and like go crazy like he's like an out of control Stepford wife or something and what it's like what is this mm. I know I know Doug Naylor invented Red Dwarf, but he 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 put some rules into the characters. Um, people can only appreciate things they can almost predict, and this just didn't work. It was just really weird. This isn't part of his backstory. No, bizarre. So then, at, then at this point, a little caption appears on screen that says um, Ainsley doesn't realise that that Dwayne's uh, swapped rices with him, and I was like, is this a real what? thing? So. So Ainsley's there cooking some rice and then Dwayne Dibley's cooking some rice and then while Ainsley's talking, Dwayne sneaks over and swaps pots. Oh, the- hilarious. Yeah, I know. And like, so his, his, so Ainsley's one's all burnt um, and then they're like, Ainsley, is your rice okay? And he looks at it and it's all burnt and he, and this is what made me think he's a real good liar and, and possibly serial killer. He looks at it and it's obviously really burnt and he goes, yeah, it's fine, everything's fine here. So he doesn't realise the Dead audience pan. know that they've swapped pants. So he's messed up and he's covering for himself. Or maybe he knows because this is all scripted and he's just playing along. I, I'm not sure. Because okay. when he finds out a bit later, he looks really, really, really angry. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know. And I was thinking, is Ainsley a cooking fraud? Does he mess up all the time and just kind of like, just scotters over it and pretends that he knows what he's doing? I don't think he does. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like a weird pedo genie. Uh, <laughs> I feel a little bit bad that we're like completely hammering. I know I might cut that Ainsley bit out. Ainsley, right. Ainsley is basically um, like a genie come to life. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like him in this episode, but I liked him in general. I bet, but he kissed you. He touched your face with his lips. <laughs> so of course you like him. Um, and then uh, yeah, it's toward, only towards the end that I realise that they're making curry and it's just a right mess. Yeah. Uh, but then Kachansky is forced. And this this is the bit I think is real. Like so, Chloe Annette um, does the blind taste test, and she really does not want to do it. And she's bas- they basically blindfold her. And this is right up Paisley Street. They blindfold her yeah. and they force a spoon in her mouth. Yeah. And she's she's choking. She's like, and this is just right up Paisley Street. Um, and Ainsley is making all these weird noises when, when he's doing it. Um, and it basically just looked like one of those kind of hostage situation videos that's on yeah. Live Leak. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, says, hold on a minute. And then she runs to the hatch, the one where Dwayne Dibley popped out of and pukes out of it. Um, and I guess it's meant to be funny because then we see some like puke flying in space across like Neptune or something. Um, and yeah, so Rimmer and Dwayne Dibley win, but I don't think they do that. Like, the red, red peppers and green thingamajigs, but yeah, so they've just decided Rimmer and Dwayne win. Okay. But in the end, uh, everyone's a loser. Everyone's a like, humanity is the loser. Yes. Um, 
And that was crazy. And then I saw that it was uh, directed by Ed By and uh, written by um, Doug Naylor. And I just thought, what are you guys doing? No wonder the, no, the show was uh, disappeared for years mm. and years because it's killed it. Yeah. Um, not good. Not good. And not, even though you only saw half the episode, Daniel, what do you think? I, d- I, I hated it. I really hated it. I never want to see it again. I am happy to watch this every now and again if I'm looking for things to kind of weird people out, which I can't quite usually am. Yeah. Um, point them in this direction. There are a few good things I like about this. One, it could be considered Red Dwarf canon because they're in character. Okay. And it was same director, same writer, in character. Um, and I like to think of Ainsley as just the antagonist of this episode. And if it, almost like scripted so and he played his part really well if this was scripted that he was like a weird and they killed him at the end they don't kill him at the end no but they 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 should have done yeah Uh, but he's still at large people so so be careful if we're ever at the good food show (laughs) just be careful do not let your kids near this man um and yeah wow that that was red wolf night yeah um, and that was basically our, our, our Smokers Christmas special. Yeah. Very strange one because, it, I mean, none of these are episodes that anyone loves. And it, f- it feels like our Christmas specials are just episodes of tenuous, tenuously linked tat yep. that um, is, is rubbish. Like last yeah. year, which, which was the American specials. But yeah, I guess um, all we have left to do is it's sing Christmas a song. song. God. <laughs> okay. So we stop it here and figure it out. Yeah. Okay, so Danielle. Yeah, it's not too long, Dari. Um, Danielle has forced me to do another karaoke song. It's uh, the s- annual tradition. Yeah. So uh, last year you got um, Baby It's Cold Outside. Yep. This year you're going to get Brenda Lee's classic, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Woot woot. Um, and we haven't rehearsed this. And because you're rocking around the Christmas tree listening to this. Yeah. And I actually want you to rock around the Christmas tree. Do it. Get um, up. Okay. And really sorry. I know this doesn't anything to do with Red Dwarf, but you know, it's Christmas. <laughs> it's Give us, us a break. Yeah, come on. Okay. It's <laughs> us. I don't think that carries any weight. But it's us, guys. Don't it's worry. Us. Please don't turn off. <laughs> At least we don't have adverts. Okay. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear voices singing. Let's be jolly, take the halls with boughs of holly. Rocking around the Christmas tree, have a happy holiday. Everyone dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way. Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> Just a bit with you, like a dance. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do the Robert Wayne frosting dance. <laughs> That's true. Okay, me, right? You will. Oh no, it's not me. Okay. Not yet. Real long instrumental. Really long. Okay. Here we go. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear voices singing. Let's be jolly. Deck 
the halls with boughs of holly. Rocking around the Christmas tree, have a happy holiday. Everyone dancing merrily in the new old fashioned way. Merry Christmas, Jess. We've ruined Christmas, Daniela, once again. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you next year. See you next year for Series 7 of Smegheads, but Series 6 of Red Dwarf, confusingly. Amazing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.